David Thorpe, the regular season is over. Let's bring it in. Okay, Here we go. Way too Here much to is. talk about. We have like a 38-page planning document. Um, starting, of course, with the number one issue in the NBA. Do you know what it is? Uh, injuries? No. Facundo Campazzo shoved yeah. Wayne Ellington, Jokic style. Uh, Wayne's head <laughs> hit Wendy Gabriel's leg, wow. and then Wayne tweeted, when I see you, I'm putting hands on you at Facundo Campazzo. Yeah. Um, yeah. What the hell? That was a crazy play. Yeah, um, it's also a crazy tweet. Like normally, you keep that stuff to yourself. Uh, I um, like I that that kind of play scares me, Henry. I, I that's two now, and uh, uh, I think the NBA screwed up not punishing Jokic much more. I think Markeith Morris missed you know half a season, and uh, I just don't think they 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 should have put their foot down with Jokic, who's going to win the MVP. But I don't I won't forget what he did. Super weird play. And I don't care what someone else said. You can't be, you can't be tackling people from behind, man. I just think you know what terrible. else occurred to me is, um, uh, Composo's a restricted free agent this summer. Like, this is a he's he's really looks bad right now, right? I mean, it looks terrible, and I mean, conceivably, one of the teams that needs players like him is the Lakers, right? Like, I, it was just a weird. This play's not going away. He's gonna. This is gonna stick with him. You know, he's a borderline NBA player, right? And. People hate him now. Uh, okay, uh, but you, but you had another very good insight. I yeah, thought. but I think it's wrong now. Yeah, really? I um, my thought was that you know, it, if Jamal Murray were coming back, then Facundo Campazzo, impending free agent, might be feeling like he's kind of done. Um, but that, there's there's no sign that Jamal Murray's coming back. I don't I, I don't think that's likely. But okay. I could be wrong. Okay. That was so genius inside. Um, right, okay. Great. Also, um, just in passing, going to note, yes, I am aware, anyone who's read the series on Dirty Money that we've been cranking out here, the $2 billion invested in Jared Kushner's private equity startup, Affinity Partners, by the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salman. Um, yes. With the show's only an hour long. We just can't do it right now. <laughs> but like, yes, we are aware. <laughs> and if you don't know what I'm talking about and what the implications that are, please... Take a week and read everything we've published on this. Um, I'd be happy to send you links and uh, talk you through it. But um, yeah, that's a that's a woo woo. I broke. Yeah. yeah. When my wife, we we have a lot of visitors. We they're still here. A, a couple from Europe and just you know real good friends of ours. And my sister, her sister, and uh, she called me over. She's like, David, come here, and, and she started reading me some article about this whole process. I said, honey, you don't think I saw that this morning in, in the Times, and this is what Henry's been writing about all this time. But one of the real perks of True Hoop, Henry, is you get to be friends with you. So uh, I am going to need the hour-long version. Yeah, of don't your, worry. Yeah, yeah, I need this because I, I – and I don't pawn it off as in my own intelligence. When I talk to other people, I always quote you. But I'm fascinated by this whole process. And I know you'll link it to some degree to the NBA, which is what you've been doing all along. So yeah, we'll have this. Uh, I can't. I don't know if it'll be today. This it's is a, a busy, busy week, week for me. I've got to know about all these fucking playoff yeah. games. But um, I'm going to squeeze in an hour so Henry can <laughs> download all of his knowledge on this. Okay, thing. so um, the reason David's so busy, you may be aware, is uh, the playoffs start. Well, the play-in games start tomorrow. So David's in the lab putting together detailed assessments of every series, which we will be publishing over the course of the week. He's going to be on Zach Lowe's podcast doing in-depth on everything. Um, he's head down and all that right now. So we're going to kind of just pick at your brain a little bit um, with get your get your quick take on some of the things that we do know now, um, starting with an incredible crisis for someone in your shoes, which is uh, we don't know if Luca is going to be playing or not. <laughs> I was just saying this morning, it's... Uh... I, I'm not always right. I'm often right, but no one's perfect in these things. It's really hard to be smart. Forget about being right. It, it's not going to be hard to pick the Jazz if Luca can't play. But how long is he out for? What, what To what degree is he hurt? It's one thing. All these guys are beat up, but different when you have a calf strain that forces you to miss a game that they we thought maybe wanted to win. Uh, I don't see. I don't think they can beat the Jazz. Even though the Jazz are – this is probably it for them. This is their final run. Probably coach and maybe a, an all-star player or two out of there uh, if they lose when they lose. But um, they're going to beat Dallas if Luka is not, not just back, but healthy. And calf strains are no 
Someone told me this morning the average uh, time, the average days out with a calf strain is 16 in the NBA. Now, there's degrees of calf strain, so I don't know what his degree is. It's just sad. Like, like here we go again, and I know you have a long list to read to us of all the players that we would love to see play that won't be playing or may not be playing uh, in this Nick in this just this round one. Top of top of my mind from that list is Jared Allen, where let's just remember yeah. Jared Allen played for the Nets. Now, of course, the he's yeah. he's the best player on the Cavs in advanced stats. He's the thirteenth best player in the whole NBA in estimated plus minus. Jared Allen is like he's unbelievably good. He's exactly the player the Nets need right now, yeah. right? And, and the Lakers. Lakers. And then but the Nets, um, <laughs> you know. Some of this has been reported. Some of this is just kind of stuff I picked up behind the scenes. But, like, you know, there was a big squabble over Jared Allen um, and Karis LeVert, such a behind the young Nets that that they had, that Kenny Atkinson had painstakingly developed, right? And the existing stars in Brooklyn wanted to move on, and I'm told, and uh, and go with more established names like DeAndre Jordan, right? This was exactly, perfectly the wrong roster-building move we now know, right? And... This is what this is the way the trend always goes that you go for the bigger name over the younger player, but the younger player is better over time, right? And um, so this would be so perfect. Jared Allen could come back, lead the Cavs in Brooklyn, this very exciting matchup, but he's probably not going to play because he broke his left finger in a really bad way several weeks ago. And there's this video. Did you watch the video of him taking these like very gentle warm up shots? Like it just, I, I, I sense he's probably not going to play tomorrow night. What, I didn't watch it. You you uh, told me about it, but I thought that the really interesting thing of what you saw wasn't that he was shooting gently, and I understand what you mean, like gingerly. It's how the coach was passing him the ball. Yeah. That's that's where you can't play. If you can't catch the ball without fear of re-injuring it, you can't play. Like you have to have your hands that way. It's why we factor in hands so so much. So when we're evaluating big men, hands are a big part of this right. game. And big men sometimes don't have very good hands. So, um, yeah, I think, but I think the they're smart to rest until Friday. And you, you got the, the goal is to win yeah. one of two. The goal is to win one of two, and you have a better chance of winning one of two if you're at full strength for game two. Even if you end up losing game one by not playing, which is no guarantee they would lose. I mean, the Nets barely beat the Pacers yesterday. Exactly. Uh, the Pacers, yeah. who are barely an NBA team right now. So, uh, yeah, Cleveland could pull the upset. I will say this, too, about Jared Allen. Uh, it, it, this is, it's not fair to say Evan Mobley doesn't deserve to be Rookie of the Year because big, a big part of his defensive chops are from having Jared Allen yeah. next to him. It's true. Uh, but to me, and I, as someone, I, I pick Scotty Barnes to win the Rookie of the Year now, but um, Mobley shouldn't apologize. Like, this is the game. It's five players playing. And if you can, if, if I promise you, he's helping Jared Allen too. So yes, Jared Allen's helping Mobley, but he's helping Jared Allen also. That duo is, can be a really suffocating defensive duo going forward. Uh, but that's how good Jared Allen is. He, without him, Mobley's numbers have not been good defensively. You guys, if you haven't read that's David's piece from Friday, is basically like center is now the hardest position in the NBA, and it's like basketball scholarship. I feel like it's he's you get a peek into this his view of the game in a way that's like pretty cool. And this is a, this two bigs working together like this is a particularly interest. This is what Boston was succeeding with too, right? This is a particularly kind of right. interesting solution to today's defensive conundrums. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just you, if you get the space eating big, which Jared Allen can be, although he's also a shot blocker, but Horford isn't Robert Williams is, it's a good combination. Steven Adams isn't, but Jaron Jackson is. Well, there's the best defensive team in the league right there. At one point, it was Cleveland, Boston, yeah. and Memphis, you know? The re- the, it, when, when, people are, when teams are devaluing bigs, and I didn't even go into this great detail. There's so many other things to, to, to prove my point, I feel like, why it's so important. Uh, come on, guys. Look, at, look what happens when you play a shot-blocking four next to a space-saving five. You know, pretty good. Yeah, this is a – and if that's, the, if that's how you win, then suddenly everybody doesn't need just one good big, right? They need – Two, three, right? right? I mean, the Celtics are hanging right now because right. they got Daniel Tice midseason, and now he's starting, right? Like this is like he kind of bigs are bigs are back, as you're pointing out in your story. Well, well, I mean, don't forget we talked earlier today, Henry. The Sixers without Drummond, yeah, 
are back to where they were three years ago. What are they going to do when Embiid sits? You can't play him 48 minutes a yeah. game. Can't no. do it. Yeah, speaking of that, I'm sorry to hijack this podcast and your hard work, but I'm quoting you. Did you hear Durant? Uh, I don't know if Gerard heard it. When Durant was asked, I think it was on Reddick's podcast, about um, would they have won the championship uh, last year had he not stepped – maybe it wasn't JJ's – had he not stepped on the line. Remember, the, remember to, to win the game, sure. but he stepped on the line. I don't want okay. to get waylaid, but are we quoting Durant me? It doesn't sound like we're quoting me right here. No, we're, <laughs> we're not kidding. quoting you. We're quoting Durant, but it's from your insight. Do you, uh, do you, do you know what Durant said when asked, would you have won the whole thing? Since Milwaukee yeah. won – and you would have beat him had you won a size 15 shoe. He's like, no, I played 46 minutes uh, a game. <laughs> I, was, I couldn't have lasted. Uh, so I thought, I thought of you right away when I heard him. Uh, I read, actually, that he had said that. Like, no, no I wasn't. We weren't going to win the whole thing. I was going to be exhausted. That's amazing that he said that. Yeah. That's amazing. I know. Yeah. Warriors I know. tend not to speak yeah. that way. You know what I mean? Like, right. Wow. Right. I mean, but he, yeah, I, again, I, that's why I hijacked the show is, these guys aren't machines. They, they, this is the mistake we make. Well, we don't because I don't do it and you don't do it. But they're human beings, people. Yeah. <laughs> we know they're human beings. And you know what? If you treat a machine like you treated these players, they break down yeah. too. Yeah. You yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So let's just dig in for a second here to your – you called this morning because it's hard to predict what's going to happen with Luca. And then we started going the list. So John Morant, we guess this is going to be ready to play. Stephen Curry, Zion Williamson, Kawhi Leonard, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Jared Allen, Lonzo Ball, John Collins, Ben Simmons, Joe Harris, Miles Turner, TJ Warren, Colin Sexton, Robert Williams, PJ Tucker, Norman Powell, James Weissman are all either. Oh, and then uh, Matisse Thibault and Bam Adebayo have like COVID protocol issues that might keep them out. So there's just so many. And that's just like, those are star-ish players from playoff teams. Um, it's just not been a good year for keeping players healthy. When has there been a good year? Never, never, never. <laughs> and, and by the way, what a list. Yeah. Like, I, I, you could put, how many total names did you count? Four, five, six, seven, eight. Is nine. it 16? 15. It's 19 without the COVID guys. Okay, so let's just say 19. You, you could basically put together two contending teams with those 19 players and some minimum player guys. Yeah. If it wasn't a salary cap yeah. issue, like we're talking about incredibly talented finals, dominating studs and just really good players. And uh, it just sucks that here we are again. It's like going to a concert. Uh, I listened to, there's a, there's a great podcast. There's a great show on, I think Netflix. I think it's called, um, you think I remember the name of it. It's about drumming. Mm. And it'd be like going to the Who when uh, they had a great drummer, but yeah. he didn't show. Pete, or Pete Townsend right. skipped. You know, like, we, we want to see these best players. And here we go again. Luckily, there's a ton of them. But that, that isn't a good strategy to not have a lot of the others, you know? Well, if you're seeing them as expendable, then they can get more in most cases, right? Um, that's a very harsh way to see the rule. But if you're, say, the parent of one of these people, like this is a very dangerous environment to put your child in, right? Like, you know, this is the rec league program that you're like, whoa, don't go to that program. Like, they destroy everybody, right? Like, right. this is, I don't know. Right. I'm just looking at this list. What is this, like, 30% of these have been all-stars, right? These are like, whatever our story is about how well we care for people, whatever the, the latest training and nutrition and all that stuff, these are the recipients of it, right? Like, Luca's body, John Moran's body, like, these are Stephen Curry's body. They're... They're, they're getting cared for. Any doctor who can help anywhere in the world is eligible, right? You, you can get to, you can afford. Um, we can't do it. We can't get them across the finish line. We can't, um, in, the, in the Greg Popovich phrase, deliver them to April, right? This is the peak time of year. We want them healthy. And, you know, what's Zion Williamson doing? It's, uh, yeah, to me, it, it's a dark cloud on the, uh, on the playoffs because I think this postseason could really be incredible. But we need our best players for it to be incredible. And it's just, we have so many questions about it. Right now, it's Monday. The games start tomorrow. The playoffs actually start on the weekend. And we don't we know. Don't know. Um, actually, a little little clue uh, from Cleveland.com. Uh, Chris Fedor 
um, that I thought was interesting. Yesterday, the Cavs converted Reserve Center Moses Brown's contract to a standard deal. Seems like a clue that uh, Jared Allen is not reliably in their plans. Well, either either not in their plans, or they realize that he, he may you know the first time he gets a strong rebound. And by the way, NBA players are as cutthroat oh, as anyone yeah. else. When they know you got a hurt hand, they're chopping at every, all the time. I feel like he should wear like um, Thanos yeah. as well. Yeah, <laughs> something like that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> even with even without the stones. All right. Right. He doesn't get the Infinity Stones. Let's get fine. you. Let's let's get to the actual part of the show where we do the show where we talk about what's going to happen in the playoffs. Um, playing game starting tomorrow. Uh, Cavs at Nets. Do you have a a pick? An insight? I, I think if if Jared Allen was healthy, um, and we're we're assuming he's not, I, I actually probably would favor Cleveland. Um, the Nets defense has been gone. the 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 proud The problem with picking against the Nets is I told you this this morning. Uh, I don't remember who. Someone said to me, oh, I, I did a show this morning, at 7 this morning, whatever, and or 6, 8 this morning, and um, the host from out in Vegas said, uh, you know, it's not fair for the Nets to expect Durant to be Superman every game. And I said, well, actually, it is. <laughs> he pretty much is Superman every game. So that so he's a given. Like, I, I think Durant's going to be fantastic. I, I, don't, I wouldn't bet on anyone else. Possible Kyrie is great, but I don't think he's in anywhere near the realm of bankable as Durant on both sides. You have to play defense too, and that's where the Nets' problem is, I think. Uh, and they're small, and the Cleveland Cavaliers wouldn't be small. The Cavs, if they had Jared and Evan both, uh, and Kevin Love off the bench. Let's not forget him; he's had a great year. Probably again, second and sixth of the year, sixth man of the year, probably. Uh, Markinen's huge. Um, so. Because of because of that, and uh, Brooklyn has you know they've had some guys that have done this. Cleveland really not very experienced except for Love uh, in these one one off kind of games. Even though I mean the Nets have played Game Sevens before, they haven't been playing. I just it's easier to go with the more experienced team. I don't care they're at home. It's not like the Nets crowd is so amazing. Uh, I it, I just I wouldn't go against Durant when the opponent is not nearly at full strength. Like like you said, they're missing their best player. They're missing their best player. So I love Darius Garland. I love Evan Mobley. Uh, I, I don't think Kevin Durant's going down. Okay, so that's pretty great. So that sets up the Nets as the seventh seed, and then the Cavs will go on to play again on Friday. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, and then the other game tomorrow is uh, the eight-seeded Clippers at the seventh-seeded Timberwolves. It's a great game. It'd be a great seven-game series. Uh, I think both coaches are empowered they know neither one is going to lose his job, um, and, and they shouldn't. They did. They both did. I thought great work. I'm not the biggest Chris Finch fan, but I can't argue what he did for their team. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's a better coach than I thought he would be. Certainly in year one, he, he's been better than I thought. I give everyone a chance to grow for sure. Um, I think it's a great, exciting thing for for uh, for Cat for Anthony Towns, who's one of the best shooting centers we've ever seen. Best American born. I don't know where he was born. I think he's considered American, though. I could be wrong. Um, whatever. Dirk's the best shooting big ever. Cat's, Cat's in the hunt. Like, he can end up being better than Dirk that way. He really could be. Uh, and make a lot more threes because we shoot a lot more. So he's got to bring on defense. He's got he's to show he can anchor a team that way. I think the Pat, Pat Bev, uh, who I think he's still close with the Clippers. He understands trades are part of the business. Um, he won't be friends with them this week. He's a big part of what Minnesota did. Uh, I also am very intrigued with both coaches, what, what they'll do in terms of uh, to innovate and to change things up and tweak what they normally do because, again, they have the comfort of they, they're not, no matter what happens, neither is getting fired this year. Uh, I think Ty Lue's better. Uh, he's got more exper- a lot more experience at being uh, innovative, um, to include what he did with the Clippers last year. Uh, I pretty much have a pact that in any one-game situation – I'm never going to pick against Terrence Mann. <laughs> so I, like I don't have an option. I've got to pick yeah. the Clippers. They're on the road, obviously, and Minnesota is, is really talented. Their starting five is very good. Uh, but Paul George is there, too. I think if for, as one games go, and you and Gerard like to talk about um, uh, the one-off like NCAA tournament NBA actions, uh, these are two teams that are really fun to watch. And with Paul George, with Anthony Towns, with Anthony Edwards, you've got personality, you've got talent. 
it's going to be a, I can't wait. It's going to be a great game to watch. I hope, I, I think it could be very close too, obviously, but, um, and I'm going to lean a little bit towards the Clippers and Ty Lue and their experience. Minnesota is brand new, but, but, but there's no, you know, it's a coin flip game. I, you know, and it's like betting heads or tails It you, good luck. You know, it's just okay. Fun. So we're edging, we're going Clippers, which means the Wolves will play on Friday. Uh, on Wednesday, we have the 9-10 game. So that's the Hornets at the Hawks. Yeah. I still think Charlotte's not a very good team. They beat up bad teams. Typically, they have some good wins, but most of their wins are against bad teams. Atlanta's been playing much better. Uh, I don't know the latest on John Collins. Is he, is he expected to play, do you know? Don't know. Yeah. Um, that'd be nice. Trey off. You know, basically, it's a battle of two amazing offenses with Trey and Lamelo leading the Hornets. I just don't trust the Hornets' defense at all. And uh, I think what Atlanta went through last year, there is some help with that. Um, not a ton, but there's some experience there. I think Atlanta overall is the better team and playing better lately. So I, I think they're, they're they're deserving to be the favorite. Okay, then the last. Well, hey Henry, what was Minnesota favored by, by the way? Oh, is that a pop quiz? I'm no, sorry, they were no, said, they're no. they're narrowly favored. Like, like uh, yeah, that's what I thought. Like a couple yeah. points yeah. or less. Yeah. That's a quarter. It seemed to be within the realm of just what home court advantage would tell you, right? Like, um, right, right. Okay, then uh, Spurs at Pelicans. Yeah, no Zion, of course. Um, I mean, San Antonio is not a good team. The Pelicans have been much better the second half of the year, the last quarter of the year, especially playing defense. Uh, uh, CJ has not helped their shooting a ton, um, but they're defending. And there's a swagger about them. Uh, I, I would tell you that I, I don't really root ever in a game. Um, it, I, to be honest, if the game's close and I, I remember who I picked, which I don't always remember, especially when these things sometimes last two weeks, I don't remember who I picked in many cases, especially if the game, if the series lasting a long time, I probably picked it lasting a long time, as did most other people. But uh, I, I will root for the Pelicans. As much as I love the Spurs, um, my son, Ryan Pannone is with them he, after the G league season ended. He, uh, he was asked to join the Pelicans franchise, which, you know, I've known this boy since he was 19 and now he's one of the best under 40 coaches in the world. Uh, and my other son, Corey Brewer is there. So I'm going to have some rooting interest in New Orleans, but, um, uh, I, I think the Spurs are, are an ornery kind of team because of Jonte Murray, uh, Devin Vassell, I'm a big fan of is, is playing well for them lately. But they're playing 19-year-old Josh Primo, who I think is going to be very good. But he isn't good now. It doesn't mean he can't have a good game, but he's a teenager who only started starting late in the year after they got rid of, of uh, Derek White and Thaddeus Young. They somehow still made the playoffs play-in, which is just really bad for the Lakers. <laughs> this team didn't even want to get there, and they got there. It doesn't say much about no. the Lakers, you know? Okay, so that's a Friday uh, Cavs versus Hawks. Yeah, tough, and we don't know about Jared Allen again. Same thing. If Jared, if Jared played, I would give them a better chance. But if if that game happens, it's in Cleveland. Um, I I probably would favor Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they're. Uh, I I mean, I think they're good. They're a good yeah. team, and um, the way they if they played all year, the way they played late in the year, they wouldn't be in these playing games. That's not that's on mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. Um, and then last one, uh, Wolves. Or Pelicans at Wolves. Oh, I would I would give Minnesota. Yeah. I I'd give e Clippers Minnesota. I would give a, a strong edge uh, over the Pelicans. And any of course in any one game, this is why you guys talk about it. This one and done situation is so exciting. But uh, Minnesota is a legit team, yep. and uh, with multiple threats, uh, I think Beverly's experience is going to make a big difference. I don't. I normally don't say that, but. In any one game, you, just getting the, the attention to the details uh, and the fight that he'll bring, I think, will be a difference maker. Uh, yeah. Yep. I agree. Um, okay. That's right. Well done, David. You just predicted the whole play-in series. That's really good. Um, okay. Now, that sets up just eight more series to pick. <laughs> I'm, you, I'm not doing that now. I, I have no idea. I mean, we, we could talk about, like... Um, I'm. I think the Sixers Raptors series is yeah. the best series, and there's a few. Um, and I think five uh, five old not playing 
is a huge deal. Siakam has just had this fantastic late season run. When I mean late season, I'm talking 30 games, 40 games. Well, he's just been terrific. And, uh, and Fibel is just such an incredible defensive player. Now, it's great that he'll miss games three and four in the sense that he'll be really fresh for game five. But I do think the cost of that, Henry, is uh, when you're playing against the guy every game, you're, you're, you're getting so much feedback as to what's working, what's not working. You're getting a, these high-level defenders getting a feel for, uh, if you were playing poker, getting a tell, right? They're not going to ever write about this. Just like a poker player is never going to talk about a competitor's tell. <laughs> In rounders, he has a reason for exploiting uh, uh, Malkovich's tell, um, K- uh, Teddy KGB. But um, this ain't rounders. This ain't a movie. So whatever Thibault learns in games one and two is uh, could potentially could be dramatically different in game five. And he might tell whoever else they're going to have guard Siakam. It's not the same. They're not him. He's a, he is truly a magnificent on-ball defender and off-ball defender. Uh, he's like right with Drew Holiday as perimeter guys to, to lock people down. And uh, he's just going to miss two games. So He's going he's gonna to miss learning from those two games, and they're not going to have those two games. It could be 3-1. We could be at 3-1. If Toronto can steal game one or two, which is certainly possible, they're just a much better chance to win without Thibault there. Uh, and it's also a weird matchup for Philly. It could be good for Philly in the sense that they can't exploit Embiid. Uh, uh, and they can't – I shouldn't exploit him. They can't stop him. But when he sits out, what are they going to do? And Embiid's got to go chase around guards, and not, and not little guards, big wings. Uh, uh, and Nick Nurse has all the uh, confidence you can have that he's, he'll be employed somewhere next year. I mean, Toronto's not going to fire him. But he can go wherever he wants to go. He's one of the best coaches in the world now. And I think he'll do some fun stuff too. So uh, Philly's got, probably got a little advantage of talent on paper. I told you this morning the Harden-Embiid duo has been terrific on court. Um, they got to be terrific now game after game after game. And that has not been tested. The playoffs are just another level of intensity. We don't know if James Harden can do it every single game. And then, and then again, the Embiid after hours, after he's off, you know, off the court, what happens? Uh, I, I think it'll be a great series. I, I, I don't know. It was, I may pick Toronto to win. I've got to do more research. I've got a week for that. But um, I do think it'll be really close. And I can't believe you just talked about the Raptors for so long and didn't use the word Scotty Barnes. That was my <laughs> I, I knew I knew you would do it. Yeah. I was like, I was waiting for uh, it. I was like, here it comes, worried. here it comes, here it comes. But it never came. I'm worried about the, the one negative about Toronto's Tired. season, uh, if I remember right, and you can look it up, but um not now, but whenever. I think their starters play more than minute minutes than anyone. It's a weird much. Just, move. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so you would think that's good come playoff time, uh, because they're so they're so in sync. But it comes at it with a big tax, which is the, the fatigue is going to have to show up at some point. Maybe, maybe not in round one, but it's going to show up. Not in Matisse Thibel. And, and Scotty, yeah, right. He'll be fresh the daisy game five. It's two, if it's 2 2, I give a huge advantage. And to game Phil. seven, if it exists, you know? Because, right, because he's, he's back for two of the next three and he won't be yeah. tired at all uh, compared to these other guys. And Scotty being a rookie, um, yeah, and, and knowing he's going to have to guard and beat some, he played point guard some. Uh, it's a hell of an ask. It's one thing to guard other team centers when they're not scores. It, it's another thing with Embiid, although they'll they'll uh, double him. They'll, they'll do different things with him. Um, and it's funny, too. To, uh, the way Scotty plays on defense, he got criticized. I think uh, Kevin Pelton or someone criticized him for sometimes getting blown by, or maybe it was Mike Schmitz, but but that's by design. I, I you know He's crowding people to force them to attack into – attacking defenders like that's strategy for them he's not getting beat off the dribble and wants to not get beat no he's trying to crowd you which creates some turnover sometimes and then when you beat him either he's peeling off the summit or he's trailing behind one or the other and he's running into help uh they they can they can bother maxi uh they can bother corkmas uh corkmas they, they they're they're a pain in the ass and they really race if they're not if they're not doing great in transition it's a sign that the season caught up to them because they're, you know, hellish in yeah, transition. Yeah. Um, you made a very interesting point. So the talk of yesterday was that the Bucks, side all their starters, 
and seem to be avoiding the nets in the first round. Um, but you made an interesting point to me just now, which is maybe they were also picking the Bulls. Yeah, that's what I think. I, I think Chicago is the worst team of pretty much all these teams that are going to be playing. Certainly of the ones that have locked in over the spot. Um, they've just been bad. I, I don't know how they finished the year. Maybe three and seven, four and six. Lonzo's out. And I think he's hugely important. Um, DeMar's carried a heavy load. He's been terrific, but he's carried a heavy load. Uh, they don't have a lot of experience with guys that have won these games. Vucevic has played in some playoffs, but they pretty much lost, you know, 80% of the games they ever played in. Um, yeah, they just seem like sinking like a stone, and Milwaukee might get really healthy against them in four or five games and rest some. Um, and then I guess the other, I mean, Nuggets Warriors, we don't really know how healthy Steph is, but that's a very interesting series. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. That when I was on the pod this morning, that was my two yeah. biggest series was Sixers and then and then Warriors Nuggets. Uh if you told me Curry was great, uh I think it's a great series. I think Golden State's defense will be good and I think they can help exploit um Denver uh defensively. But um I have no idea if Steph Curry is gonna gonna be healthy. And I also don't know if Michael Porter Jr. or Jamal Murray will play, although I'll tell you, I almost think they're better off them not playing. They've just missed mm-hmm. so much. They'll, they'll, the Warriors' offense will run them ragged. The Cuisinart will run – if Curry plays and those guys play, it's, it takes some time to catch up defensively. Mm-hmm. They'll actually be better off offensively mm-hmm. than defensively. So it's easy to play with Jokic, although the time will be off a little bit. They're, they're such geniuses, they figure it out. It's not as easy defensively, it's, especially against the Cuisinart. So – um, if Steph plays, I think the Warriors deserve to be favored in that series. Although it'll be great to watch because you get to watch Curry and Jokic both. Um, Jokic is such a, a brilliant, brilliant player to, to really just take in. Um, one, of the re- one of my reasons why I said a center is the toughest position to play is when you're the best player at the toughest position, you're the best player in the world. So Giannis, Embiid, and, uh, and Jokic are basically ostensibly centers. They're just different versions of center. Um, but they are. And there's our three best player in the world. So they're doing lots of things in the way Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and Russell Westbrook and point guards and Steph Curry have done. And Steve Nash, well, these guys are doing it and they're the biggest guys That's on amazing. the court. So it's, yeah, must watch. Um, and this Clippers-Grizzlies is interesting. Um, a, you know, we don't know if how John Moran's going to be. But B, um, there's... Still questions about Kawhi, right? There's a chance there's some Kawhi Leonard in this series. Um, good luck predicting that one, David. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, Kawhi is superhuman in many respects, but he hasn't yeah. played in a year. More than a year. So um, it's, uh, well, maybe maybe it's just been just a little less than a year, actually. Because uh, he got hurt, I think, in the postseason last year against Utah. Or maybe right before Utah. Um, I forget. Uh, but I know he played first round, I think. Um I don't know how good he'd be defensively, and Memphis can really shred you. So um, I, I just trust Ty Lu to come up with some cool stuff, and uh, they got a lot of dudes, and 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 they built some identity last year. Same as Denver too. Denver, the one thing about Denver is you, if you're down two zero or three one, they're like, they're not like they they they've weathered that storm before, and they they bring some confidence with it, Henry. So I think that you know the Clippers are are. Uh, uh, they kind of went through it last year, too. Um, but I, Memphis has proven to be a superior team all year, really. But this Clippers team, I, I mean, I hope that's what happens. I want it to be Clippers-Memphis, because it may not be, but I hope it is. I think that's a six- or seven-game series. And we don't get that too often in two or seven. It's a great series. Lots of great players. Um, Paul George is really a special player. No, it would be amazing to watch. It really would. Um, it really would. They okay. We have we talked about almost everything. Nets, Celtics. I think I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> well, hold on. I, I I may need Gerard Gerard's help on this before we get to the Nets. Have you Henry? Have you read about Pat Bev and, and Zubak going back no. and forth? Gerard, have you read about this at all? I have not, but nothing surprises me about Pat Bev. We need to look it up because they might be best friends. Uh-huh. They've been going like I think he I think when Pat Bev was off recently for something he went to like a clippers game uh to like support zubak for something and i think i think zubak has said like that relationship is off for right now but uh 
it may, I, I don't know. And maybe someone, when they hear this, can tweet it out. They might be best friends. And I just, it makes me so happy at that, at that thought of those two. I'm a huge Zubac fan. Pat you know? a recent um, Clippers game with a Ivica Zubac jersey on. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think that's cool as hell. I, mean, I don't know why. Well, you, you, you love all that lovey dovey um, stuff. We know, we know how that goes. Oh, here we I go. Do. I do. Okay. Yeah. Especially, <laughs> especially in the form of, you know, the second toughest guy in the NBA in, uh, in Pat Bev. Um, I just love that he did that. That's just such a cool thing. And now they got to compete against each other. And I'm sure Pat Bev will have no problem ripping his heart out like during the game. That is a competitive dude. Anyway, so Nets Celtics, yeah, I would, I would, I mean, you tell me how Robert Williams is doing. If Robert Williams is playing, I absolutely think that Celtics roll. But I don't know that he's playing. And, and now, you know, even though you're, you're still probably a better team, uh, Daniel Tice is fine. He's no Robert Williams. Um, then you throw in Katie on the other side. I think that tilts into a much more even series. And I guess the, the 5,000th time we asked the question of, what do we know about Ben Simmons? Whatever. Like I think, like I said with Kawhi even, th- this guy's missed a year, and he, and he was out not because of injury, although apparently his back isn't bothering him. There's uh, to think that he's going to be the difference maker is so naive to miss that much time, that much pressure he'd be on. I wouldn't play him. I, I, I guess you could argue to see how he does defensively, which makes some sense. And then can you hide him on offense uh, only because he's missed so much time. But to think that he could be great defensively is, is just, it's just naive. It's possible. It's not a good strategy. He's missed. There's a reason why we play games, not just for entertainment, entertainment value. Um, He'd be better on the ball than off the ball, but off the ball is an issue. Like you have to be able to play off the ball. The game would be too fast for him, I think, defensively, um, and that's where his strength is. So uh, I think you're better off not playing him at all. I guess trying him and see what he does, but I wouldn't expect much. Hawks at Heat. I mean, Miami finished. I want to say in a five-game winning streak, and um, seemed like they've answered some questions uh, and. Not that I think you overlook too much in the NBA more than just the game, but what Atlanta has done, and with Trey Young on offense, there's no question they would get Miami's full focus, and um, from 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 the start, and uh, I think they I think Miami too much with or without Bam. No, I I don't know what the latest on Bam is either. No, without Bam, it's a much more even yeah. series, much more even series, and Atlanta's got so much confidence too. And that means something like uh, I, there's lots of teams that go into a series knowing they're the underdog and thinking, we just got to win a game. I don't want to get swept. And so if you ask for pennies, you get pennies. If you ask for dollars, you might get dollars. Uh, I, I think that the Hawks know they can beat anybody because of what they did last right. year. And uh, I think there's value to that. So they would not be intimidated. And if Bam is out, that's a significantly different team. Although Jimmy Butler is playing much better again. He, if you look at his numbers, his three-point shooting was so down, down, capital D down, capital everything down. <laughs> but in the last like four or five games, he shot well and shot more of them. So that's a that's a hell of a solution. That a, a three-point making Jimmy buckets is a hell of a thing to have. Although not having Bam would be a, a disaster. It's so good because also it lets him be effective without a ton of work, right? Like he just. He has to beat that, and he, he's Jimmy Buckets for a reason. When I think of when I think of gigantically athletic wings, three fours that are super good off the dribble, you got the Paul Georges, Kawhi's, but Jimmy Butler's right there for that. Well, if you can kind of build a wall like you do Giannis, he's not Giannis, he's not nearly as effective. But when you have to get out and guard him, he can go by yeah. those guys. He's really he's like yeah. a guard. And so there's that's where Jimmy Buckets comes in, and um, I think Miami's got a little. Uh, you know, every team can can manufacture swagger. I think it's so organic in them, and plus, I think they're just afraid you're honestly gonna yell at them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think he he's inspiring that way sometimes. Like, don't don't get that guy mad at me. So I think we're gonna see. I don't know how long they'll go. I'm I'm not picking them to win it, but uh, I think we'll see them really fighting. All right, with the only one I talk about, not not each other, by the way, fighting. Finding the opponent. That was better that way. It works better. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Wolves at Suns. I bet you can do this in like one sentence. 
Yeah, Phoenix is yeah. going to roll. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good. Good Good for Minnesota. Memphis had to get spanked yeah. last year. And look what happened to them this year by Utah. And they lost four straight after winning the first. So it, so what if Minnesota gets their ass kicked by Phoenix? It's great that they got there. And they certainly could be the, the Minnesota-Memphis series would be an incredible series. But, um, yeah, they'll be much better next year because of it. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, you had a great idea today, before we get totally mired in playoff stuff, to just take a minute and think about the offseason. Um, there's so many big questions coming. We can just dip our toe in for a second. Um, the biggest one on my mind was James Harden can opt into a $47 million extend, one-year contract extension this offseason. And at that same moment, he's eligible for a four-year, $223 million extension beyond that. By the end of that, he'll be making $62 million a year. Um, did they do it? Uh, I need the voice of God here. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what actor, comedian had the best ever. Hell no. <laughs> but Gerard might know who that was. Can you think of who I it mean, was, I mean, there's Gerard? so many. I mean, Chris Tucker does a good hell there no. Are so many. Um, no. Bertie Mac, rest in peace, did a good hell no. I mean, there's so many guys that do, yes. that do a good hell no. Let me hear. Uh, yours. not quite warmed up. The vocal cords are oh, not okay. quite warmed up for for hell no. Um, but I'll give you up. Hell no. That's <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. That <laughs> was great. Um, but that's not the right question. The question isn't whether I would do it. The question is whether Daryl Morey would do it. And I think he would. I think he's going to. I think he's seeing teams were always looking to trade for some overpaid player. And like I told you, <laughs> uh, I've not looked up all the rotations, but the Harden MB duo was like the second or third best in the league. So I think they're second best. It's I think Daryl's laughing to the bank, like make fun of them all you want. Now I'm not buying it for the postseason nearly as much. That that number was created in part by against bad teams too. Gerard's mentioned this before, that you can puff up your numbers against bad teams. Um, nonetheless, I, I just think it's a mistake to lock into that guy um, going forward. It's, it's going to be hard and hard to see him play consistently great on most nights as, as he ages Well, and this up. is Daryl's big move, right? I mean, he talked about it in advance. He, he's, he goes way back with James. He's talked about this for so long. Like, this was his opportunity to make a championship-winning team around Joel Embiid, they're not going to have another huge move, right? And either they, I, I just, I, I, the signs are that they will pay him whatever it takes to keep him, and it's probably going to take all that money, right? And I just seem so, well, it, he's just not, he's just too old for that, right? He's just too old is the problem. I think, I think, yeah, the, as we've said before, the old, old players can play great. They just don't tend to play great as often as they used to. I have two things. First of all, uh, I don't know that there's not another kind of great move coming. Uh, Tyrese Maxey's got real value. What they can get from him, I don't, I'm not prepared to say that yet. Uh, nor am I prepared to say that un he unequivocally would never trade James Harden, uh, sign him, and then trade him. I don't, I don't know any of those things. I know this. If you're playing poker and Daryl Morey's at your table and you think that you're going to outplay him, you're probably wrong. I just mean this sincerely. I don't think Daryl's being outplayed much. Um, not perfect. I would not have done the James Harden deal. I would, as I've, I've been public about what else I would have done. But uh, I don't think – I certainly would not be walking stridently into a room to have to negotiate a deal where Daryl's involved. I'd be worried because I think he sees every angle. Um, so I'm not ready to say yet that they're dead in the water whether they do James or not, which I agree with you, though. I think they will. Because I think he's all in on that. But with, with Maxi especially, looking like he's got a chance to be a... I mean, I don't know if they want Jeremy Grant. I'm not saying they want Jeremy Grant. But uh, 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 Tyrese next to Kay Cunningham would be terrific. Mm -hmm. You know, you put Tyrese next to a bigger guard, and, and there's plenty of them, um, he, he'd be, he'll be fantastic. Let, let him guard ones. He can, he, he can be primary ball handler. He can also be a scorer for someone creating... He's, he's so good now as a scorer. Um, Daryl also may want to keep him because he's cheap for two more years. But uh, if he feels like – Tyrese Maxey's not an all-star yet. Even when he's an all-star, he's not going to be as impactful at helping wins as much as some veteran all-stars. And so I'm not yet ready to say that Daryl's done with deals uh, this summer for next year. No, that's true. But they're going to have cap problems, right? Like um, 
Joel Embiid is the yeah. third highest paid 76er this year and next. And that's weird. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> so Tobias and yeah, Harden more. are both higher. Like significantly more. Yeah, because they've been around longer. Listen, Tobias Harris was drafted in 1971. <laughs> you know, he's been around. This guy, he was the youngest player in the draft when he yeah. came in. I was like a six years old then. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, yeah, he's just getting paid. Oh, oh. Every once in a while, there's a big crowd here. Right. right. Um, so, yeah, Embiid. I, I haven't looked at what Daryl can do, but, again, it's Daryl Morey. Like, he'll figure something out. He'll figure something I, out. Actually, I suspect that I see it the same way Daryl does, which is that they have a 5-10% chance of winning a title with this roster. And to Daryl, that's all in time, right? Push all your chips in because that's how this league is. It's You're unlikely to win. And to me, I'm like, oh man, they have a five ten percent chance. And like, I with Embiid's injury history and Harden's age, I'm like, you're not gonna win a championship, bro. It's just not gonna happen. <laughs> like, it's just, I would rather see the younger version. I would, but that's all with me, I guess. I'm always thinking that way. Um, so am I. Okay. Uh, I mean, the Lakers. That's a topic. Like, what what do they do? They're gonna fire their coach. <laughs> Everybody. It's been like the worst kept secret. Um, yeah. That's not going to solve anything. No. No. I'd like to see them. We've said this so many times. I'd like to see them uh, do a better job of bringing super athletic, young talent, guys that have a history of being durable, and um, challenge the new coach and LeBron and AD to learn to play with these guys, coach them up, and uh, take your losses during the season. And let's be like Boston halfway through the year or like Toronto, you know, the last 30 games. And uh, I, I just don't think they'll ever do that with LeBron. Yeah, that's you. You don't either. Yeah, that's I really do think that he has. I think he's the best player of all time. And I think one of his shortcomings is he is intolerant of screw off teammates. Right. Like he's. More than intolerant. He, he won't come within 100 yards of them, right? So, like, the second they get to Miami, Michael Beasley has to go, right? And, you know, the second they're going to get Andrew Wiggins, has to be Kevin Love, right? There's just – this is a big trend where LeBron plays on veteran-laden teams and trade the teams that trade away draft picks and teams that pay old people. And um, it works when he can solve every problem with his incredible talent, but as he ages, it doesn't work at all. Right, it's just completely exactly wrong, and um, and he's going into this will be his free agency year coming up, and he's already made noises about other teams. Right, I'm a little worried that like, you know, Huffy LeBron, as Cleveland fans know, Huffy LeBron is not a good teammate. Right, like he uses social media to undermine the whole enterprise, and uh, they might be about to walk into some Huffy LeBron, and that's a difficult thing to manage because he can get everybody in the organization fired. Right, like like everybody, so I, I it's I don't know. I, you have to do whatever LeBron wants to do, if LeBron's going to be on the team. But does he want to do what you're describing, David? Like, I don't think so. I, no, never has. Before. Never has before. I never has before. Do do you do you think there's any way he goes to Golden State? <laughs> I don't. I don't. Because he talked about it. That he wants absolutely to not. Like, <laughs> yeah. Look, you're LeBron, arguing with God, Henry's David. Voice has changed. <laughs> yeah, Henry's voice has changed, gotten deeper. Uh, uh, he said he wanted to play with Steph Curry. I mean, Steph ain't going to LA, I don't think. Why would Steph do that? Um, although players surprise me all the time, uh, I just he, he'll he his Q rating would plummet, and you know he pays attention to that. I think if he goes, I, there's a, I've heard a very strong argument that his best move would be to play for the minimum and bounce around to whatever young team he feels like joining that year. And if he lucks into a championship, he's the greatest of all time. And if he doesn't, the expectations were low, it's fine. And, you know, just go, go be a Grizzly for a year. Go be a, you know, well, that's first. Stay away from Memphis. I don't want him (laughs) anywhere near Memphis. Stay away. Well, I, I tell you, I tell you the best place for him. Without so let's all I've got mine. I'm probably going to be the one that wins this, but I want to hear you. Well, guys. I know what you're going to say. The best place. For, Toronto. What am I going to say? 
I knew you were going to say that. I was going to say that. No, 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 definitely not. I. Um, uh, but who, who do you say? Like the absolute, because think about LeBron, like Memphis would be amazing, but he and Ja, no. Like, I don't think that's going to work with Ja. There is a guy that I do think he can play with and, and, and end up being, and end up just giving into him a little bit because that's not easy. Mm. I mean, you could say Milwaukee, but now it's, now it's too, although LeBron's better as a shooter. I don't think, I don't think that's terrible. Um, I, I like him with Jokic mm. because his brain and Jokic's mm-hmm. brain is so diabolically incredible. Mm. And I think, I think LeBron, I mean, LeBron is a, is a, as much a student of the game as any player we've ever had. A- absolutely student of the game. He, he must recognize Jokic's otherworldly talents. And, um, and he wouldn't have to do as much. Because on, with Jokic on the team, LeBron, LeBron has to waste a lot of energy beating you off the dribble. I don't. He can pick his odds. Maybe one of you remembers, but I think that when they were picking all stars, LeBron uh, passed over Jokic a bunch of times. Yeah, for yeah. an all star game, yeah. I would too. This ain't well, no all star game. Uh, according, yeah, according to Brian Windhorst, you can tell who LeBron likes by who he picks in all star drafts. And LeBron's <laughs> doing this now for what, five years? And he always picks over Jokic. So, yeah, um, I'd say no. Yeah. What a, I would never pick Jokic. I, not the worst idea to have LeBron with Luca. No, but it's the, it's the same kind of thing. They're both you know dribble dominant guys, whereas Jokic is so different. But don't um, we think old LeBron's going to be playing more be big man, right? Like he's going to be. Like, yeah, I love them as yeah. a high low. Jokic as an all star. Here's the problem: just to be clear, Jokic depends on you wanting to not letting him pass the ball to someone. Because he uses that as leverage to beat you back door and set you up. Who's denying anyone an all-star game? Right. Like, he's terrible at it, you know? But whatever, that's a different <laughs> story. Um, I, I think, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I guess they're going to have to keep Westbrook. It's just, I, I feel for them. It's, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. And I think you're exactly right, Henry. And you've always been right. Um, he just won't allow what needs to happen to happen. And I think he's going to be doomed. Here's what I would try. I would try. Um, we need to make the perfect roster for Bronny. Like we need to get, yeah, Bronny? we need to get players that Bronny wants to play with, and maybe LeBron will buy into that. Well, I, I want to pick up on that. So Bronny's years away from helping any team win, if ever. We, we're a long way, but Memphis has disproved LeBron's theory that you have to be this old. Every good team disproves his theory. Like it's very rarely. Well, but but Milwaukee's got a mix of old yeah. guys too, older. Um, but Miami, to your point, Miami had some old guys, but had plenty of young guys when they made it to the finals a couple of years ago in the bubble and lost LA. Um, Memphis is Stephen Adams is their yeah. veteran, the real grizzled veteran. Uh, um, Phoenix has the mix of old and young. Uh, that's what LA was supposed mm-hmm. to have, and. Uh, but to your point, to your, your best point of all on LeBron is he won't allow these other guys to grow into their games. And it's a problem. And it has been a problem for most of his career when he's not been in Miami. Hello, Gerard. Hello, Henry. <laughs> um, well, all these guys left and got better, right? Like all these, you know, Ingrams and Kuzma's got the ball a lot more. And this player development doesn't happen around LeBron very well. Right. But Henry, you have another, and Gerard's going to have an incredible opinion on this. Uh, your favorite topic isn't what you've said so far of the, of the big picture yeah. things. You're looking at things. You're our guy for the, for the draw nights of the world that focus on the court. Uh, you're focused on the biggest picture. We're starting with owners and the commissioner. Oh yeah. We can segue to that for sure. So Adam Silver just spoke. We only have five minutes. Okay. Okay, okay. So Adam Silver and the board of governors met in person for the first time since the pandemic at the a hotel in New York, and um, he said some interesting things. Um, he said that um, the first thing he said is they're very focused on media issues, the transition we're going through, the direct-to-consumer business. Okay, so now he, then he's open that even with their existing partners, that everything's transitioning to like the streaming wars, right? This is what's happening. Um, and they've, he, of course, points out they've been, they've been in this game for a long time with League Pass, which is a pretty low level of the game. I was going to say, Holy Pass is kind of grammy. 
Um, okay, then uh, there have been other reports from outside of this press conference about they expect 75, 100 billion for their next media deal. And um, we've kind of heard lately that, that it wouldn't be one deal, right? The idea is that it'd be like the NFL where there's mm -hmm. like these packages. Yep. If you think about that, suddenly, so right now we're in this little bit of a, a, a crisis where they're like LeBron's on national TV 30 games a year. So 52 times a year, this poor old man can take a break and nobody, it doesn't cost the big clients too much money. But if they're going to sell six packages of, you know, 10 games here, 15 games there, suddenly everyone's very worried about all of those stars who are sitting because the league is impossibly organized and too difficult on their bodies, right? Um, so then he immediately goes into, Adam Silver does, uh, this is a quote, the greatest concern to me is a trend of star players not participating in a full complement of games. Um, he says, I'm not standing here saying I have a great solution. Part of the issue is injuries. Um, are there things we can do in terms of sharing information, resources from around the league to improve best practices, rehabilitation, et cetera? And then he talks about creating other incentives, basically making it so that as if the problem is players don't want to play enough, right? right. Like, um, uh, and then he kind of confirming this notion of these packages, he says, uh, if you're in a model where rather than buying a package that in many, this is how we talk, sorry, that in many cases you need to convince that fan, that consumer each time that your product is worth buying, you want to put your best foot forward. If we have too many games, that's something we should look at. Um, uh, from my discussions with players, they recognize it's an issue to the style of game has changed in terms of impact on their bodies. Um, I don't know. To me, this is like they need to decide if they're going to be um, like appointment TV, if they're going to be Game of Thrones, right? In which case they need like a tip top product. We, in that version, a LeBron game is a huge deal and there's a camera at his house and there's a camera in his car and there's a camera in the locker room and we're going to have a little documentary of LeBron. That might be amazing. Or LeBron's like, one more star and a bunch of stars. And you just run them out there as many times as you can. And in the words of our friend Ben Aronson, it's the TV equivalent of a Seinfeld rerun with the audience it commands, right? And, you know, it's, if you want that tip-top product, dude's going to need a few days off. He just is. We, we talked about this briefly on Friday um, because the Board of Governors meetings, meetings were last week. And if you're going to do that multiple game package, which it seems like it's going to be with Amazon and Netflix and whomever – is 82 games ain't it my guy like you've we've got to go to any it's funny because he's talking on both sides of his mouth right he's like well if we're if we have to look at you know we have too many games i'm like but are you looking at the fact that we have too many games because i don't think you actually are right like and you can't give me the whole like well if we you know share share best practices on rehab like everyone knows like you guys are like backwards when it comes to science like you don't listen to what any of the people say because it doesn't fit with your 82 game model thing which is how the lake works guess what Time for a new model, right? I know that's the hard work. I get it. It's really hard to change it, but you have to change it now, given the way this game is played. This is, these guys are breaking. The most important part of the season is right now, and it's going to be the worst basketball we've seen all year because everybody's hurt and tired. I have not, like, like Adam Silver gets everything. He's a brilliant, brilliant man. Sure. He's just powerless, and he's coming yes. out of a room of, 30 billionaires, billionaires yes. right? He has to do what they want. So to me, he's just saying like, I understand there's science, but we're not doing that. Right? Like, it's, an, it's an awkward position for him to be. You know what's killing me is yesterday, I took a few minutes to, to uh, realizing I've been doing nothing but NBA now for months. Uh, and I, I said, let me watch the sporting event that is in the NBA right now. And so I put on Manchester City versus Liverpool. And I had the volume on. And it was just this flat, dead silent crowd and i thought well maybe i don't follow that closely i thought man city was in the lead uh for the premier league i said maybe liverpool i can't have a good season so it's just a meaningless game because it was so flat the game the game the players were fine the crowd was dead so then i looked it up on my phone and no it was a battle for first place i could not believe it i had i literally went back five more minutes and double checked my phone to see if maybe i didn't find something from last year there are one port between them, and, and the game ended in a tie. <laughs> but the, the, it was just, I expected, and I know Gerard feels this way. Henry, I'm assuming you too. 
NBA playoff atmosphere is so thrilling in the arena. It, it is a hell of a product. It is a fucking great product. And these are the best players in the world. And the fans are into it. And it's loud and, and it's fun to watch. It'd just be better if we had all of our guys healthier doing it. It'd just be better. And you know who's fired up too, David? It's legal because we are. <laughs> Correct. We, it, 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 it is time to wrap it up. But you are dead on on that, Coach. <laughs> Thank you, David. Thank you, Gerard. See you guys later in the week.